0: Hi, grown-ups. We are incredibly grateful that our show is one of your family's podcast picks. In order to continue to make the type of content you'd like to hear, we've created a short survey for our listeners, and we'd love if you could take a few minutes to complete it. To fill it out, just go to realm.fm front slash kids. That's real dot F-M slash kids. As a thank you, each participant will be entered to win a prize pack from one of the shows including a prize pack from Go Kid Go! Thank you!
1: Hello again, Story Club members, I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This forbidding tale, Story Club members, might make you not check that certain tiny door. It's one I call the dumbwaiter. What is a dumbwaiter, Dad? Kim Middler asked. And why is it called that? Dumbwaiters were invented a long time ago, Kimmy. They're tiny little elevators that bring food up. Many old buildings have them. And some old homes like ours. I guess they were called dumbwaiters since they were kind of silent servants for people. Does this one still work? I don't think so, but I haven't had time to check it out. Don't worry about it. We have more stuff from the truck to unpack. Kim and her family had just moved into this house that was over a 100 years old. Her dad had gotten a really good deal on it, and he was constantly talking about it. She didn't like the new house. She missed the much more modern house that they'd moved away from, and all her friends, and her school. Life in a new town and an old broken-down house you don't even like, great. What a steal, dad. Over the next few days, Kim explored the entire house. It was a two-story house with an attic and a cellar. She did not like the cellar one bit. It was damp and shadowy. She'd noticed that there was a dumbwaiter door down there, too. That's so weird, Kim thought. Why would they have food delivered down here? The main door for the dumbwaiter was in the kitchen, except the door up there didn't open like the one in the cellar did. The dumbwaiter door in the kitchen had been painted shut years ago. She slid the wooden door of the dumbwaiter opened in the cellar. It didn't look like much in there, just a large box. She could definitely fit if she climbed inside, but no thank you. So the shaft of the dumbwaiter originated from the kitchen, and you could have food brought up to the upper floors, where the door was in her own room, or down here all the way in the basement. (laughs) Weird. Then, one day at school, Kim abruptly found out why the house had been so cheap. It seems that a girl, also in fifth grade, Gail Maxson, once lived in the house and disappeared. In fact, several disappearances had been reported over the years. When she went home, she told her dad about it. I know, he said. The realty agent has to disclose that information before the sale. But there's nothing bad about the house. That's all just a bunch of hoopla, Kimmy. But you should always, of course, be careful in an older house. Which reminds me, I was meaning to ask if you've been fiddling around with the dumbwaiter. No, why, Dad? I was doing some repairs today, and I noticed that the dumbwaiter had been used. The car was down in the cellar, and I noticed it had been pulled up to your room. Um, I don't know why that happened, but that's super creepy. It was probably your little brother. I'll go ask Randy. That night, Kim went to bed. She was tired. However, in the middle of the night... She heard a mechanical sound. It sounded like an old wheel being turned as it squeaked, and then she heard what sounded like the stretching of old rope, the dumbwaiter. The door of it opened. She didn't move. In the dim light, a small figure climbed out. It was only about two feet tall and human-like, and then there was another one and another one. They all wore strange clothes that looked like they were made of scraps of cloth and burlap bags. Maybe they were elves or some kind of fairies? Impossible. Elves and fairies don't exist, right? Kim was too afraid to move, but more terrified if she didn't. She jumped up and snapped on the bedside table lamp. The squadron of creatures shrieked and escaped back into the dumbwaiter, either fearing her or the light. Kim jumped out of bed and went to her dad. Dad, I found out why the dumbwaiter was in my room. These, uh, little people were using it. They live in the house. I want to move into a different room. Little people? She described them. You were dreaming, Kimmy. Go back to sleep. Yeah, no way Kim was going back to sleep in her room. Sorry, Dad. She went to her brother Randy's room. He was only eight. He was fast asleep. She grabbed a sleeping bag and pillow and laid it on the floor. Not super cozy, but better than nothing. Sometime in the middle of the night, though, Kim noticed that she was moving. Wait, she was being pulled along in her sleeping bag. She tried to move, but she realized she had some cord tied around her. And she wanted to scream, but her mouth was wrapped with packing tape. She was being pulled along by these tiny humanoids in their scrappy clothes. Kim tried to fight, but she couldn't move. Her small captors pulled her along the hall and back into her room to the open waiting dumbwaiter. We haven't fed in so long, one of the little creatures hissed. Gail was so plump and juicy, just like you, Kimmy. They shoved Kimmy into the dumbwaiter and it dropped down into the cellar. The next morning, Kim's dad couldn't find her anywhere and he filed a missing person report, but she was never found. I'll tell you what, beloved listeners, if some little creatures tried to shove me into a dumbwaiter, I would bust out some serious kung fu, krav maga, or jujitsu moves and clean the house. Ain't nobody got time to be someone else's meal ticket, am I right? Hello again, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This ghostly yarn, Story Club members, might make you not wanna go off searching for spirits in the woods. It's one I call Half-Face Harriet. I heard she was some sort of witch. Uh, no, Jeremy, she wasn't a witch. She just lived on her own in this old farmhouse. So why do they call her half-faced Harriet, Lisa? Didn't you read the link I sent you? I was busy. Oh, right, reading that would have interfered with your Netflix watching. Well, yeah. Lisa Jenkins had decided to take her fifth grade friend, Jeremy Desmond, to see the wooded area where many strange things have been reported, mysterious lights, bizarre sounds, and even a few disappearances. Ugh, okay. So the link basically said that Harriet Boggs bought this old farmhouse and moved into it in the 1930s. She was a big, burly woman who'd moved from town, had little money, and wanted a fresh start. Is the farmhouse still there? Would you let me finish? Yeah, sorry. Anyway, Harriet Boggs lived off the land. She had a chainsaw and would cut firewood for people for cash. One day, though, she accidentally slipped and fell on the blade. But believe it or not, she didn't lose her life in that moment. One side of her face was injured, though, hence the name Half-Face Harriet. Her neighbor, Des Wilkes, tried to help when it happened by stopping the bleeding the best he could with some bedsheets, and he drove her straight toward the hospital. Except, his car tire struck a sharp rock in the dirt road when they were on their way and blew out. By the time he'd changed the flat tire, Harriet had passed on. It's reported that Des later went back and stole all of her money. Probably not a good move because Des mysteriously died himself about a year after her death. He was found in the woods near his cabin, his mouth etched into a scream as if he died of fright. Since then, several reports have claimed to see Half-Face Harriet wandering around the area. Wow. People tried to move into Half-Face Harriet's farmhouse, but they all ran out after a few months in terror. Then, the place mysteriously burned to the ground about 30 years ago. The only thing that's still there is the stone foundation and the chimney. The rest of the place is pretty much gone. Jeez, that's creepy. Maybe we shouldn't be out here, Lisa. We don't want to end up like Des Wilkes. Don't be such a chicken, Jeremy. You can watch a scary movie on Netflix or you can experience a real thrill for once. You gotta leave your comfort zone once in a while. Jeremy winced. You sound like a person who's in a scary movie right before the boogeyman shows up and gets them. You watch way too many of those kinds of movies, my friend. I don't know. Jeremy still felt worried. It's gotten so dark out, Lisa rolled her eyes. Well, it's called winter, duh. Days are shorter this season, and we would have gotten out here sooner if you'd gotten your lazy butt out of the house. Hey, Lisa, that looks like what you described up ahead. Ooh, get your phone. We'll make some videos. Lisa and Jeremy explored the remains of the old farmhouse, recording themselves in the moldering. We'd better head back, Lisa. It's already getting too dark to see. Alright, but first, could you wait here? I need to find a convenient tree, if you know what I mean. Ugh, okay, but hurry up. After a few minutes of waiting, however, Jeremy didn't return. Jeremy? Hello? Don't make me come over there. Hey! Fine, don't answer me, but if this is your lame idea to scare me, it's not gonna work. What Lisa found when she went searching for her friend was not Jeremy, but the ghost of half-faced Harriet. The ghost fired up the old chainsaw and Lisa ran. Well, that's what I call a facelift you definitely don't want ever. Can you imagine inviting half-faced Harriet to your birthday party and having her cut the cake with her terrifying chainsaw? Uh, no thanks. Hello again, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on Earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This puzzling tale, Story Club members, might make you stay away from random board games. It's one I call Mysterious Mansion. Jonas and Noah Hulkenberg were bored to the point of death. The violent electric storm had knocked out all the power. (laughs) It'd been hours since then, and it felt like an eternity in the dark, empty house. Their phones and tablets had flatlined 45 minutes ago. No internet, no TV. How would Jonas and Noah survive? Their parents still hadn't come back from the grocery store across town. Where were they? Let's play a game, Noah, the younger of the two brothers, suggested. The only games we have are those moldy old board games. It's something to do, Jonas, come on. Down in the basement, they searched around in the storeroom for games. This was the one room in the house that was a complete mess. It looked like a tornado had ripped through it. Everything that was discarded seemed to end up in this room. Jonas and Noah had to walk around the maze of books and step over old toys to get to the stack of games on the cluttered shelves. As Jonas had figured, they were the same old boring games that everyone had. Candyland, Battleship, Monopoly. (laughs) Monopoly, more like monotony. "'What's this one?' Noah said as he poked through the mess with a flashlight. "'It's called Mysterious Mansion. I've never heard of it.' Jonas gazed at the game his kid brother handed him. The cardboard box was sunken, dented, and faded with much of the art worn off. This looks pretty old school. Jonas figured that the game must be at least 80 years old by the look of it. But as he opened the box, he couldn't find a date or even a maker of the game. It was like it was one of a kind.' It kinda looks cool, Noah said. Let's try it out. It seems kinda old and lame. Come on, Jonas, don't be such a stick in the mud. All right, fine. We'll give it one round, and if it's more boring than watching grass grow, we're gonna play another game. The board was the top view of Mystery Mansion. Jonas and Noah had to roll the dice to discover clues about the missing man, Professor I Am Nobody, who went missing while seeking a treasure that was hidden somewhere within the walls of the crumbling old manor. As they rolled the dice and began to play, lightning flashed. The flashlight went out. Jonas grabbed it and pounded the end of it. The light came back on. Except when it did, Jonas and Noah didn't find themselves in the living room where they'd set up the game at the table. Instead, they were actually in the old mansion. The wallpaper was old, the furniture antique. A violent electric storm raged outside here too. Whoa, we're in the game, Noah exclaimed, disbelieving. No kidding, Noah, but how? It happened when you rolled two sixes with the dice. That's called a midnight. Jonas gazed down at his watch. The digital numbers turned to 1201. So somehow rolling a midnight at midnight at the exact moment that the lightning flashed brought us into this old and creepy game? Your theory is better than mine, Jonas. What's yours, Noah? Um, I don't have one. Well, we need to get out of this game, how do we do it? Try rolling the dice. After 10 minutes of rolling dice, nothing changed. Jonas made a plan. Maybe we'll have to search this scary old mansion for clues. They didn't have a flashlight anymore, but there were plenty of candles and matches. Jonas lit a candelabra, which provided enough glowing light. They crept down the hallway of the old dark house. There was a pounding inside the walls. Jonas pounded back, recognizing the pounding as Morse code. Jonas didn't know Morse code, except for dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, 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 which were three quick taps, followed by three long taps, followed up by three more quick taps. Everyone knew SOS. Jonas knocked twice for yes. He didn't know if that was accurate Morse code, but it seemed to be a universal acknowledgement. Hey, look, Jonas, two fire axes. Noah pointed to a wall that Jonas hadn't noticed before. Sure enough, two fire axes were there under glass. The brothers shattered the glass and pulled out the axes. Whoever's behind the wall needs our help, Noah. But what if it's some kind of monster tricking us, Jonas? We have axes. Good point. They chopped through the wallpapered wall. Then discovered a man who looked around 35 years old on the other side of it. Hello, boys, the man said. My name is Thomas Hulkenberg. Jonas noticed a family resemblance. Wait, are you my dad's dad? Who's your dad? His name is William Holkenberg. Yes, that's my Billy. We're his sons, which means you're our grandfather. How strange, boys. But you disappeared when my father was about 10 years old. Nobody ever knew what happened to you. It's like you vanished off the face of the earth. That was like, what, 25 years ago? The man couldn't speak for a moment. Uh, 25 years. Gone all that time. He looked like he wanted to cry. I found this old game at a pawn shop. I thought it'd be a nice present for Billy's 10th birthday. But one night during an electrical storm, the power went out. I couldn't sleep, and around midnight I started playing it. Then I ended up here and haven't been able to get out since. You say I've been missing for over two decades, but to me it only seems like a few days. You mean to say we're trapped inside the mysterious mansion game with our young grandpa? Noah said, that's what it looks like, boys. Unless we put our noggins together and figure out the mystery to escape. Meanwhile, back at home, William Hulkenberg and his wife returned home from the grocery store. They were late as the bridge had washed out, forcing them to find an alternate route back to the house. Inside, it was silent. In the dining room, they found the mysterious mansion game open on the table, but their son's gone. Now the mystery for them began. Man, that's so sad. I hope that Jonas and Noah can find their way out of the mysterious mansion game before all their friends are old enough to go off to college. If I were stuck in a board game, I would definitely want it to be Candyland. I mean, you could do worse than be stuck in the candy cane forest or gumdrop mountain for years on end, am I right? You know what else I'm right about? That your ideas make Story Club the special show that it is. Share your brilliance. I'm at ivy at gokidgo.com, and I'm loving getting your notes. Tell me what stories you loved and which ones scared the socks off you. Tell me more of what you want to hear as well. Original stories, haunted places, urban legends. Talk to me, beloved listeners, and I'll do my best to deliver you the scary stuff you crave. Right now, I'm craving some inspiration, so I'm gonna go check out the other great storytellers on the go Could go network. There are so many adventures to enjoy with go Could go like Bobby Wonder, about a 10-year-old alien who has to protect the town of Flugerville from villainous Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Kapow and Martha and Waffle being totally hilarious nitwits in the underground world of Flusville. Go Kid Go even has an underwater adventure show called Whale of a Tale about the brother and sister exploring team Atlas and Xavier who live in a submarine shaped like a whale. So join me in searching for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, Flusville, and Whale of a Tale wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I'll meet you back here tomorrow for another Story Club tale, beloved listeners. After all, Story Club members deserve their daily scare fix. Ivy out.
0: Go, kid, go. GZM shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.